Beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design, and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. Romans chapter number 8 from verse 6 to 7, from verse 16 to 17. Romans chapter number 8 from verse 16 to 17. All right, let's read together. It says, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are what children of god let's read it slowly take it easy i know you live in lagos but let's take it easy let's read together everybody want to go the spirit itself bears witness with our spirits that we are children of god wow you know if we just stop there it would make a whole lot of sense children of god wow you know every reality you have in your life right now in terms of your biological orientation is because you were born by someone if you were shouted on as a child that's because you were born by a shouter if you were blessed by a child that's because you were blessed you were born by somebody who blesses do you understand what I'm saying? Your life in the natural will largely take the experiences of the one who gave birth to you. This is your spiritual heritage. Say, I'm a child of God. Let's read it again. Say, the power of God is here. Wow. I like, I, like, <laughs> I like when things like this start to happen. It's just nice. Amen. Let's, let's read together. Everybody want to go. The spirit itself actually is more of himself all right but let's continue bears what witness with what our spirit that we are children of god verse 17 and if children then heirs heirs of god and joint heirs with christ if so be that we suffer with him that we may also glorified be glor also glorified together let's read again and if children then heirs heirs of god and joint heirs with christ if so be that we suffer with him that we may be also glorified together father we thank you your presence is here we honor you today. We go into the teaching of your word. And light is shining ever so freely. In Jesus' holy name we declare. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. I have two assignments. And I'm so glad that I've come up earlier than normal. I have two assignments this morning. The first is in just as I was meditating and, and asking the Lord 
what direction we ought to go for the year. He gave me these two scriptures, and I will put it up, Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. Let's read together. One to go. Remember ye not the former things. Let's read together, everybody. One to go. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Let's read again. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Next verse. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And that's our story for this year. And we say amen. Isaiah 42 and verse 9. If we can have it in the King James and then have it in the NLT, if possible. All right, let's read it from the King James. Let's read together. Everybody want to go? It says, Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things I, yeah, before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Let's read it in the NLT. All right, let's read together. Want to go? Everything I prophesied has come through, and now I will prophesy again. I will tell you the future before it happens. How many of you are, are going to prophesy again? Glory, hallelujah. We are a people of prophecy, amen. Now, here's the vision um, that we are going to accomplish. And it's a very simple vision. I'm going to break it down into four, and I'm going to be very quick about it. The first is that we are growing in, and I, I, during my teaching, I'll, I'll harp on that some more. We are growing in the revelation of God's word and in the manifestation of the Spirit. Growth in the revelation. Now, this is not cliche, but the whole idea is that no one sitting here is a spectator. All right? I think we are in good company. Um, Jesus had 12. Never you determine how big a thing can become just by the size it is in the immediate. Amen? And honestly, I just, you know, the conversation we had last week, I just really want to believe that everyone looking at me this morning is a people of faith. Amen? The people of faith. And that's all that is needed. Trust me, the, the responsibility will not be on you. Okay? The responsibility that you have is to have faith. Praise God. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Praise God. So we're growing in the Word of God and in the manifestation of the Spirit. So you and I are giving to God's Word, giving to the manifestation of the Spirit. Now listen, not just um, mentally, but you actually place demand on the Word of God 
to see it happen in your life as a tangible experience. Can we say amen? amen. Now, do, do I see faith in your eyes this morning? Can you smile at me? Amen. Glory, hallelujah. All right. Um, I'm reminded of a group of people who came together and said, let's build a tower. And they began to build. And they started building and kept on building. And even God himself, at some point, you know, that they were against God's will. I hope you know. You can build against the will of God and succeed. They were totally, it, wasn't, it wouldn't have been God's will for somebody to build from earth to heaven. All right? And have a, um, what's it called? A, a boast that we've done this. I mean, who are you, God? You know, we've done it. So that was not a picture of what the Father desired in that sense. But they were going to do it. And at some point, God said, these guys, what they've set their hearts to do, even I can't stop them. They will get it done. It's just the power of people coming together to say, you know what? We can do this by the Spirit of God. And I think there's a part of this that people need to understand the role that the local church plays in the dissemination. Let me tell you, everything Jesus did would have been wasted if there was no people gathered together in the upper room. Because somebody, listen, somebody had to share to other people what had happened. Do you understand what I'm saying? Other people had to come into the light of it through the testimony of those who were there. So if there was no gathering together of those people, God will have to bring somebody, maybe an angel or something. So that was like the instruction was wait in the upper room, be endued with power, and then from there go out into all the world and preach the gospel. If the gospel was not preached, people will not come into salvation. Do you understand what I'm saying? Good. So that's the first thing. The second is that we're going to grow numerically. Glory, hallelujah. Now, I'm presenting to us a measurable growth uh, system. Every quarter, we're going to grow at least, now I say at least, at least by 25 members every quarter. Now, a quarter is three months, right? Okay, so January to what? To March. All right, now is, it is doable. So at the end of, there are four quarters in a year. That brings us to 100 people at the end of 2024. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So if you break it down, it, it tells you how many we need to do weekly, how many we need to do monthly, but 25 people, okay? Now, the next step would be we will be launching Growth Track in April. And now the idea is to get all of us, everybody who is here, will go through that program, especially if you're a part of the Blueprint Church. You go through Growth Track. It's, it's a six, it's a four module program, just four modules. But it takes you from when you connect 
with us to when you start to serve with us. Now, I just want you to decide in your heart as you are looking at me that this is not the year for you to warm the bench. This is the year for you to get active, get involved. You know, um, and I'm, I'm just going to touch on these things briefly because that's not the teaching that I have today. You know, some of you would say things like, yeah, I don't know, let me just... So the reason why you don't get involved is because sometimes you're thinking more about what you've lost than what the Great Commission is. I'm not preaching here because I have not been hurt. I'm preaching because there is a cause to follow. I guess what I'm saying? I'm not teaching or preaching because I have not been disappointed. No, no, no. You know, let me even tell you, forget about people disappointing me. The first time I was disappointed was when my mom passed. You understand? After standing in faith, praying, 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 praying. You know, trusting the Lord, trusting the Lord. And she still passed. I could have just, you would have not known me. I could have just carried my bag and say, hasta la vista. Because trust me, you know, I have, I have been around a bit to see stupid people make something good out of their lives. I mean, when I say people that don't have brain, like, everybody has brain. But you understand what I'm saying? Like, people who, <laughs> Tosan is even tougher. <laughs> okay, yeah, that, that sounds, that, people who do not use their brains. You know, people who don't have values, they've made something nice out of their lives. It's people who are, people who have too much respect for life don't go far. You know, everything is, is, is greeted with unnecessary respect. You know, they don't go far. What I mean by that is everything, money, you respect it. Like, ah, money is to be feared. Before it comes, it takes time. And then it goes quickly. So when you have it, keep it all. If you have that kind of respect for money, you will lack. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you will lack. Some of us have become free from the respect of money. Do you understand what I'm saying? And there are a lot of people who respect life too much to the point where... They are so afraid they don't want to make a mistake. They are so afraid, you know, they are so afraid to take a step. The people you're going to sit in front of to talk your ideas to, they've lived through time and they know that only the bold make good steps. It may not work, but be bold about it. Do you understand what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? They may tell you no. But they appreciate the fact that you showed up and you talked about it and you presented to them. Because only if you are afraid like that, before you know it, you'll be 50. And then you'll be counting all the things that you are too afraid to do. So what if they say no? It's one person out of a million. Do you understand what I'm saying? The reason why many people have not taken any step is because of fear. Fear. So, um, what we're saying is that we're going to initiate this program. So just keep in your head, 25 a quarter is doable, 25 each quarter. 
25 people every quarter, 100 at the end of the year. Four quarters in a year, 100 at the end of the year. People who have gone through growth track and are now planted in church. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right, so that's something that we are going to follow. And I need you to partner with us. Many times people say, um, People will not follow if they don't know where they're going. It's important for you to know that this is where we are going. And I was saying all of this to say that this is not the year where you'd sit down and avoid to be hurt and avoid to be spoken about and avoid. Look, once you come into church, the complexity of church is that church is filled with human beings who are growing. That's the complexity of church. What you know today, you may not have known yesterday. You understand? You're every one of us is in our growth phases. You know, and life is teaching me to be a little bit patient with other people. And let me explain what I mean. Let me explain what I mean. I'm not quick to jump into conclusions about, about certain things or about people. Do you understand me? Because you just learn after a bit, you know, that you greet everything with a certain measure of graciousness. So, glory to God, can we achieve 25 members every quarter of this year? Yes, All right, so that's a total of 100 people at the end of this year. Now, remember that I said at least. You know, that doesn't invalidate our growth goal. That growth goal is actually very important because what it says is that we have 300 people seated in one service. They don't have to be our members. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? But just that we, you see, because the way this thing works is like a funnel. Is somebody listening to me? Yes, it's like a funnel. The door, listen, the, the, the inflow should be more than the outflow. So the ending, people will leave church. People will relocate, people will travel, people will go, people will get offended. <laughs> You understand? So a lot of you don't know church history. That's why you're very touchy about some of these things. You don't know church history. You don't. And some of you, maybe to even work closely with a pastor, you need to go and study church history. I get what I'm saying? Because it just dawn on you that sometimes people will just be people. Okay? So you don't read too much meaning into certain things. All right, so um, the door open, 300 people, you know, sitting in one service is a good thing because 300 people now know about your product. And then 300 people are talking about you. Okay, very important. Now, also this year, by the Spirit of God, we are going to increase our online presence because our church needs to be more online than physical. Amen. Amen. Now, online requires resources. It requires money to push. Um, I found a studio in Lekki that, that seems like it will work for all of my teaching stuff because I just want to this year just get into the studio, teach, 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 and push it, push it, push it, push it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So um, that online presence there is going to be very important. And as church expands, we're going to have an online pastor. We're going to have an online curriculum. 
and everything that has to do with leading people online. But there has to be a groundwork that is also working. Can we say amen? Amen. So these are the three things that we're going to really focus on this year. The other one, the fourth one, it, it goes without saying, to increase our financial base. Now, what I, what I mean by that is that everyone sitting here who is a member of church will trust the Spirit of God to give you strategic steps to grow your finances, strategic intelligence, strategic information. I want to believe that if money enters your hand, the gospel is going to prosper. I want to believe that. Do you understand? I want to believe that. And there are numerous, there are numerous concepts and ideas that are available, all right, for believers to plug into, including sometimes pitching your idea or your product to people outside of your immediate circle. Okay, and a lot of these, um, a lot of these steps, I am taking them now, so that I will show you how it is done. Some of you are taking steps in your own field, so that you will show us how it is done. But one thing we must do this year is take steps. Yeah. Say amen. amen. Somebody say, I'm taking, steps. "I'm taking steps." Say it again. Say, "I'm taking steps." I'm taking steps. Say it one more time. I'm taking steps. I'm as led by the Spirit of God. In the name of Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. All right, so that is, so you'd, you'd get to hear more about Growth Track. Everybody will be part of it. And then everybody, so now it's a very simple strategy. That, those 25 people, you will bring them. Do you understand? But it's just very important for you to understand that it is achievable. Okay? So make yourself a marketer, straight up. And do as if you're marketing GNLD. Just do as if. But my point is every week, have a goal that you're going to talk to at least this number of people on your own. You, it doesn't have to be church. On your own. All right? I'm going to talk to this number of people. You see, let me tell you another thing, and please look up for me. Participating in ministry is not the pastor's job. I've said it several times. I'll say it again. And don't worry, I'll teach this morning. I'll teach. You hear? Participating in ministry is not the pastor's job. Many times, listen, it was because David was idle on the balcony it may not have been balcony, but you know, it was idle whilst everybody else was in the field, right, at war, that he was able to be distracted. Easy. Bible records how he got distracted. While everybody was out, David was less busy, and then he started to do what he was not supposed to do. If you make ministry about your pastor and you don't have any time where you actively create the discipline to talk to people about Jesus, very soon, every conversation that, is, that may not be productive, that may, it's just easy for you to be distracted. Just easy. But if you are listening, if all of us here is spending time praying for this work, 
I mean praying with your mouth and trusting the Lord for growth. And that's where I'm coming from. You're speaking words over the Blueprint Church and declaring that the people have come in. And I'll show you, all right? You're, you're speaking like that. I'm telling you, if they call you to contribute to it, tear down, you will run. You understand what I'm saying? You will run. Because no, you mean my eight hours of praying in the spirit this week, you want to waste it over flimsy conversation. Nah. I guess what I'm saying? You run away. So, Father, we thank you. We receive the manifestation of these words. And we receive able men, able women, all that you have assigned to help us. We receive them by faith in the name of Jesus. Thanking you. For we have been led to the right people. We've been led to the right places. Prepared people, prepared places. And our people are equipped for that which is ahead of us. Amen. We see it manifested effortlessly without sweat. In Jesus' precious name we declare. Amen. Amen. So it's simple. We have a whole year to have 100 people into church. And I said at least because it's not... That's, it can be more. Praise God. And trust God that he loves to give us more than what we ever asked for. Glory, hallelujah. All right, let's turn our Bibles this morning. Romans chapter number 8 from verse 16 to 17. Romans chapter number 8 from verse 16 to 17 we are looking at this let's read together everybody want to go and the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are what children of god and if what children then heirs of god and joint heirs with christ if so be that we suffer with him that we may also be glorified what together praise god forevermore so this morning we're going to be looking at the aspect of inheritance mindedness that has to do with being joint heirs with christ amen now last week i did make mention of something very important i felt like last week as much as i wasn't exerting so much but i i did mention certain things that were very important and part of the things we mentioned last week was the idea that the Lord himself is your inheritance. And during Relentless, I talked about if the Lord himself is your inheritance, then it's important that you have fellowship with your inheritance. Are you getting what I'm saying? That, you see, so that, listen, so that your spiritual development is no longer something for which you want to get a feather. It's no longer something for which you want to get thumbs up. Your spiritual development is no longer for sure. Your spiritual development is because you are not a fool. There's an inheritance to take that you have to be positioned, hallelujah, with your consciousness to be able to take. So you're not showing off to people how much, you know, I, I wonder when people come and then they just want to please people or impress by quoting scripture. It's a good thing to quote scripture. But let me tell you, it's better that you are conscious of what you are quoting 
and that you are positioning yourself to experience that which you are quoting, you know, in your life. So we talked about God being, all right, your own inheritance, and it's important that you have fellowship with the Lord to understand what that importance is, that, that inheritance is. Very important that you have fellowship, that there is intimacy with the Lord for you to experience and understand what that inheritance is right there. Now we come to the new covenant and we are being told that we are joint heirs together with Christ. All right, we are joint heirs. We are, the Bible says, we are heirs of God. Of his own will has he begotten you. We are heirs of God and joint heirs together with Christ. Now, um, if I and Dr. Oye have a joint account, okay, um, we are both 100% owners of what is in the account. So it is mine 100%, it is hers 100%. All right, so all that Jesus is, is yours 100%. Joint heirs is not the same as co-heirs. It's not the same. I know NIV uses co-heirs. Co-heirs has to do with the implication of co-heir has to do with 50-50. All right, so God is not in a sharing formula of you take 50, I take 50. No, 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 it is everything is 100% yours, as everything is 100% mine. Now, listen to this very important. We've talked about the fact that of whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named, is 100% his, but he doesn't need it there. So, it is 100% yours because you are here on earth and it is you who needs it here. So he's not laying claim of, on anything. He has it to give it to you so that you can lay claim on it. Can we say amen? amen. So say this with me. In the name of Jesus, name of Jesus I, am a joint heir with Christ. I am a joint heir with Christ. All that he has, that he has is 100% mine. 100% say it again. All that the Father has, the Father has is 100% mine. 100%. Say it one more time. All that the Father has is 100% mine. Speaking about vision, it was the father's vision that you live in his inheritance. So you are just about getting ready to fulfill what has been your father's long-time dream. Glory, hallelujah. Your father's dream has been that you come into his inheritance and now you're being positioned to know about this inheritance. Can we say amen? So I talked on Sunday last week about fellowship getting to know what is in your inheritance and it was important that i make mention as i begin to teach this morning that there is a very wrong idea all right that people have and this idea if not dealt with is going to rob people of all that belongs to them do you understand this now what is that idea how many of you have ever been told when you were growing up or at any time that when you do something wrong, it is your fellowship with God that gets broken. That your relationship with God is still intact. And they said it like he was Rema, like you're supposed to. In other words, he cannot disown you and we know he can't disown you. So they said your relationship with God is intact, but your fellowship with God gets broken. And a lot of us did, mm, that's deep. And for many of you, listen, at that time, 
It was light because you were like, oh, thank God that my relationship with God cannot be broken. My fellowship with him can be broken, but my relationship with him cannot be broken. I came to announce to you that my relationship plus... When I said my relationship, someone was like, plus relationship, I just spoke Igbo and English together. Plus relationship and fellowship, none of them gets broken. Do you understand? And then to explain this, this is why I told you not to look around. To explain this, they'll tell you that, you know, for example, you are your father's daughter. Even if you go and bash his car, all right, he cannot disown you as his daughter. He might not talk to you for a couple of days, but he cannot disown you as his daughter. You see, the problem is that many times we are using human things and human ideas to try to understand God. God is not your dad. He's not your dad. He's not your, he's not your husband. God is not your boyfriend. God is not, you know, I, I, I've seen certain relationships where a guy will want to teach a lady a lesson and will not speak to her for two weeks. Your heart is ungracious. I don't care what you think. Two weeks. Somebody that you know that 24-hour silent treatment can kill her. You give her two-week space. Just call the relationship off. Because two weeks. So, so imagine you now, loving daughter of a, of a good God, have the idea that God is not in talking terms with me. He's not talking to me for two weeks. Now you see, the Bible says, and we know that we are not evil, Amen. The Bible says, if you being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Thanks be to God, we are not evil. But he goes on to explain, what he's trying to explain is that God is not a man. So say this with me, my relationship with God, my fellowship with God, all of it is intact. Say it again, say it again. You must enter your consciousness. Mm -hmm. My fellowship with God. All of it is intact. Every single one of it. Not one gets broken. Now, you know the reason why it gets broken? Because you have, you have reduced fellowship to um, morning devotion. And you have reduced fellowship to quiet time. I'm going somewhere. I'm, I've started teaching. Fellowship is not morning devotion. And fellowship is not quiet time. Kaya. You use quiet time to understand fellowship. Oh, Jesus. Quiet time is used eh, to understand your fellowship. Put that picture on the screen because everybody's looking at me now. Just put it on the screen first. Put it on the screen. I want to show you something. Um, go with me first. Before you put it, 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 9. Go there. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 9. Let's, let's go there, then we'll put that scripture on the screen. Let's read together, everybody want to go. God is what? Faithful. Wow. Let's read it together, everybody want to go. God is what? Faithful. Listen, don't let anything hinder you from hearing God's word this morning. Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. You have come. And then be fed now. How dare you come and not be fed? Uh, you have to go full. Oh. Glory, hallelujah. Say this with me. God is faithful. faithful. Alright, it says, by whom ye were called here into what? Fellowship. 
when you got born again did you know did you really have an understanding of quiet time it's not as you were growing that you still learning fellowship existed before your quiet time i get what i'm saying quiet time is simply like tourism quiet let me explain quiet time is like you 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 have a tour guide showing you what belongs to you but your quiet time did not create what belongs to you you were called into fellowship in other words fellowship existed before you were called is somebody hear what i'm saying fellowship existed before you were called in you were called into fellowship let's read together it says god is what faithful so this fellowship is premised on the faithfulness of god not on the goodness of man okay so it says god is what faithful by whom i was called into the fellowship of his son jesus christ our lord now put that that picture on the screen please the word fellowship look at the part of speech this is very important it's oinonia we have always you know oinonia koinonia you know fellowship with the lord you know, people who understand fellowship as, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, oh, Lord, speak, Lord. That's not what it is. Look at this, brothers and sisters. Because for the past couple of weeks now, I've been trying to teach you the parts of speech of some of these words. Look at this. It's a noun. Look at this. We can all see. It's a noun. And it's a feminine noun. You know what females do? They are receivers. They are not givers. Oh, boy. Number one, number one, listen, I know I, I understand what I just said. I understand what I just said. Let me explain what I said in a very coded way so you understand, right? If you're a man and you chase your wife because all she has is girls, and you go, you say you must marry another person to give you a boy, it's a foolish thing because your wife only reproduces what you gave her. <laughs> oh, is garbage in? In quotes, garbage out. So God is using the feminine part of speech. First, number one that you should know is fellowship is a noun. Fellowship is not a verb. What is a verb? Doing word. I'm doing. I'm worshiping. I'm praying. I'm praying. You understand? It's a noun. What is a noun? A noun is the name of a person, animal, place, place. I mean, a noun, place, noun, place. So, fellowship with God is a place. It's not a doing. It's a place. It's a position that the believer comes into. I get what I'm saying. Now, listen. The other thing about this position. Is that it has a feminine part to it. In other words, I'm in this position to receive. So by God, I was called into the noun place called fellowship. Never you always use your quiet time identity. So you see now, fellowship with God cannot be broken. My relationship is intact. My fellowship is intact. The only reason why fellowship will be broken is if God says, come, I chase you, we're going. I get what I'm saying? And he will never, he has promised never to leave you, nor to forsake you. 
you know, a lot of people have, have had the impression that it is God himself who is chasing them out of the house. Say, go, go, go. Let me tell you, you might say, ah, P.O.D., it's not true. But what's your interpretation of grieve not the Holy Spirit? By whom you will see, grieve not the Holy Spirit. If you grieve him, he will leave. If you don't grieve him, he will cleave. That's... <laughs> yeah, that's... That's your boyfriend. <laughs> I get what I'm saying. A lot of people are projecting Nigeria on the gospel. Projecting Nigeria on the gospel. They think God is as unstable as Nigerian economy. Fellowship. You work by God. Put that scripture again. I just wanted to show. Look at this. Wait, hold on. Hold on. It says it's a noun. It's feminine in nature. That's the part of speech. All right? So it's a noun. That is, do you see? Come. You were called into fellowship. The only time you can be out of fellowship is that the one who called you into fellowship pushes you out. And he will never do that. So your fellowship with God cannot be broken. I get what I'm saying. You may not be taking advantage of your noun place. Or your noun place cannot be taken away from you. So that's what our quiet time, praying in the Holy Ghost, all of that is us taking advantage. Like now, I'm in the house. I might as well enjoy the AC. I might as well use the amenities in the house. But my being in the house did not create AC. You understand what I'm saying? That you show up in the house. I pray for you. There's, I just see in the name of Jesus. You see, this year, God will give you global experiences. Amen. I pause to say that God will give you global experiences. Amen. Many of you will travel out of the country this year. Not as a Japanese. You, you know, some of the things that we are sharing becomes easier to understand. When you enter a human system where everything works, you're like, okay, God is not promising me London. No. What God has for me is greater than London. But it's just nice to just see that my, my mind is not small. You understand? And limited to where I'm coming from. Because somebody is teaching and somebody is hmm, not so. <laughs> no, 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 no. Say this, in the name of Jesus, I've been called into fellowship. Now look at what fellowship is. It is, listen, is it now? It's feminine. Look at what it is. It is partnership. Now in this partnership, who brought 100%? Answer, who brought 100%? What did you bring? 0%. Yet, because he brought 100%, you have 100%. Now, look at the other thing. It's, the other thing says it is contributory help slash participation. Now, you say, hey, you see, I have to help. No, you, it's the feminine aspect of it. So the contributory help here is I brought all the contribution to make you all that you are. This is the fellowship you've been called into. You've been called into a noun place. It's a, it's a noun. You know, many people to want to have fellowship, they go to Orioke. Mm, mountain top. You say, where are you? I'm in prayer mountain. Just to have fellowship. Fellowship is not a, is not a, is not a, 
a posi a place that you have to travel to. Fellowship is a person. I get to me. How many of you are in Christ? How many of you are in Christ? You are in fellowship. I get what I'm saying. Fellowship is not a geographical location. Fellowship is a person. And if you are in Christ, you are in fellowship. To be out of fellowship is to be out of Christ. So you can listen. I'm not saying you should go for two weeks without praying. What manner of... Do you understand what I'm saying? But if you go for a month without praying, you're still in fellowship. Oh, talk to me first. I'm not, I'm not advocating bad behavior. Just listen to me. I'm not advocating bad behavior. After all, did you need to hear me before you did not pray the, the whole of last week? <laughs> Why are people talking like this? Why are people behaving like this? Last week, two weeks, three weeks, November, that you, you, are, you are struggling to pray. Did, did I preach you that you should not pray? <laughs> so hear God's word first. I get what I'm saying? If you go two months without praying, you are still in fellowship. In fact, that's the hope that you have when you start praying. A fellowship was never broken. Some people have turned God to relationship repairer. He keeps really. He breaks, he fix. He breaks, he fix. My relationship is intact. My fellowship with the Lord is intact. And based on this, I can know all that is mine by heritage. Amen. Amen. Say, I know all that is mine by heritage. Glory, hallelujah. Glory to God forevermore. So it, it says spiritual fellowship, a fellowship in the spirit. This is the meaning of the word. So put that text, that text again. It says God is faithful. Let's read it together. Everybody want to go. God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So in understanding your air nature... And your joint air nature, you must focus on the faithfulness of God in bringing you into fellowship. Say this with me. My relationship, my relationship with, Jesus with Jesus cannot be broken. Cannot be broken. My, fellowship my fellowship with Jesus, with Jesus cannot, be broken. cannot be broken. Repeat after me. Fellowship, fellowship is, not quiet time. is not quiet time. Fellowship, fellowship is not prayer meeting. Not prayer meeting. Fellowship. Is a person and his name is Jesus. I am in fellowship with Jesus. You know, the Bible says if you walk with the wise, you'll be wiser. The company of fools will be destroyed. You are in fellowship with Jesus. Wise Jesus, the only wise God in it. And you are walking with him, you get wiser in the light of your heritage. You know why we are teaching this series? Is that so that people will not leave anything on the table? How fast do you want to go? Is how fast you, you understand what I'm saying? Is how fast you see the result? Truly, I'm telling you. Say amen. amen. Can we proceed now? Yes, Say this with me in the name of Jesus. I am in fellowship with God. So, fellowship is what Jesus brought us into by reason of you being born again. We are forever in fellowship with the Lord. So you are not supposed to be using natural and human inclinations to try to relate and understand God. 
God is not your daddy. He's not going to break relationship with you. He's not going to break fellowship with you. Can we say amen? amen. Glory, hallelujah. Now, you know, look up at me, everybody. The issue with people thinking that their fellowship with God can be broken is a heart issue. It's a heart matter. Now, the Bible says that if your heart condemns you, read it in scripture, God is greater than your heart. You know, for many people, their heart is greater than God. Their sin is greater than God. The Bible says if your heart condemns you, in other words, you show up, and then your heart says you've, you've done something wrong. The Bible says God is greater than your heart. Glory, hallelujah. Say God is greater than my heart. God is greater than my heart. Every time you want to pray, something tells you, <laughs> you, <laughs> you tell that thing, God is greater than my heart. The God who called me into fellowship that is faithful is greater than my heart. Say in the name of Jesus, I do not have a weak conscience. My conscience is not weak. God is greater than my heart. Say it again. God is greater than my heart. Glory, hallelujah. Now you know what I'm teaching does not say you shouldn't be remorseful. Say you know. Oh boy, is somebody hearing what I'm saying? I can be remorseful. And not allow that remorse to kill me. You know, many people say their problem is that they are overly, the, the remorse has become. I wanted to see something now that we enter. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying has become, has become a bondage, has become a cage where they now live. They are remorseful to the point where they, they feel like they should die. It's like you are overpaying for what you've done. Jesus was already an overpayment for the sins of mankind. Can you say amen? amen. Glory, hallelujah. Amen. Say, my fellowship is not broken. You need this idea this year. I'm telling you, the power of God is upon me. I say you need this idea this year. That you cannot, your fellowship with the Lord cannot be broken. Cannot. Because it's a noun place and you are a receiver. I entered into fellowship with God by God's invitation himself. And only him can chase him. And he has promised never to chase me. Kai, I did inside also. It's time to live large. Some of you, you will not recognize yourself in the next six months. Amen. I'm Amen. telling you positively, things would have transformed Amen. for you. Just travel with this consciousness and see. Glory, hallelujah. So the issue is a heart issue. And if your heart condemns you, God is what? greater than your heart can you say amen? amen say it again say god is greater, god is greater than, my heart. than my heart say it one more time god is greater, god is greater than, my heart. than my heart galatians chapter number four from verse one to seven this is the other thing that people struggle with this is the other thing that people struggle with the first thing that i said that hinders people from partaking of their heritage is what the consciousness that relationship is intact but fellowship can be broken both are intact say amen. amen all right so number two now i say that the heir who is the heir you and i in christ jesus as long as he's what a child does not differ nothing from a servant though he be lord of all let's read the next verse everybody together but what is under tutors and governors 
until the time appointed of the father let me tell you as you are looking at this scripture it will talk to you now just watch watch he says but it is what let's read together but is what under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father next verse even so we when we were what children were in bondage under the elements of the world next verse four but when the fullness of time was come has he come good next verse i'm sorry stay there god did what sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law next verse to redeem them that were under the law have you been redeemed continue that we might what receive the adoption of sons next verse and because you are sons god has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart crying what abba father next verse wherefore thou art no more what a servant but what a son and if a son then an heir of god through is somebody getting blessed by this already now go back to verse one he says but the heir as long as he remains a child is no different from a servant even though he be lord of all do you know what people believers have interpreted that to be that you might be an heir or so long as you remain a child you will not be able to come into all that god has had for you that's not what this text is talking about did you not read the text is he only me that read it the text here is talking about the difference between law and grace under the law is where you are a child under grace you are my easy me that read it should we read it again do you want to read it again with the explanation i've just given now he's not talking about your maturity to know all that belongs to you that's how we have defined it all this while no now is it important for you to mature yes but that's not what he's talking about here he says when you are a child you are placed under the law you were under the law as a child and you needed tutors and governors somebody tell you this is right this is wrong but now that you have come under grace you are no longer a servant you are a son am i the only one that read it now that you've understood let's read it again then i'll now give further explanation let's read together everybody read together make eye contact with god's word it will bless you let's read together everybody want to go now i say that the heir as long as he is a child differs nothing from a servant though he be lord of all but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father are you the father wait are you the father thank you they listen no verse three everybody read together even so we when we were children when we were children were what in bondage under the elements of the world uh-huh next verse but when the fullness of time was come has it come what yes, god what sent forth his son made of a woman born under the law next verse to redeem them that were what under the law that we might receive what the adoption of songs say this with me i've been redeemed, I've been redeemed. listen so 
the true differentiation is the heir, as long as he remains a child, is somebody under the law. You became mature under grace. Hey, hey, Jesus, what is scripture's uh, uh, definition of maturity? Hey, son. Hey, whoa. Try. You see, your idea of maturity is progressive. That's your idea of maturity. God's idea of maturity, you became mature the day you became a son. Pastor, does it invalidate our growth? Hear me first. Say I'm mature. mature. Say it again. Say I'm mature. mature. Say I'm a mature son of God. Male and female, say I'm a mature son of God. Say it again. Say I'm a mature son of God. All attempts at maturity without a consciousness you are mature will fail. Your experience of this thing has to flow from a consciousness that that's who you are. Okay. You want to behave mature. You want to be. You think maturity is. You know, some people's idea of maturity is not to laugh, even when the joke is funny. The mature people don't laugh. I'm alpha male. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I'm alpha male. We don't laugh. It's funny. Laugh. That's not what makes you a mature person. What makes you mature is that you are a son and a daughter, you are a son of God then it is from the idea that you are a son of God that you now flow in the consciousness of it. Let me give you an example of what I'm saying. Thank you, precious Holy Ghost. Say this with me. Maturity is easy for me. Because mature is who I am. Are you getting it? Say it again. Maturity is easy for me. Because mature is who I am. So God is not saying that you need to grow up to be able to, be, to receive your inheritance. Mom, you know, and let me tell you the, the, the impression people give. You know, if my son, as a two-year-old, come and asks me for his car, I can't give him because he's a child. He needs to grow up. That's how, you see, people have received death words without knowing. Hear me, I'm, I'm teaching you very well this morning. People have received dead words without knowing. So you, so long as you continue to remain a child, God will not be able to give to you all that he already has for you. But, my, but <laughs> he has given you everything. Everything. God is not doing growth in stages for you. The day you came into Christ, healing and health, plus the ability to transmit it was given to you prosperity was given to you. That whole idea. See, at any phase in your spiritual good, you can handle money. Mm-hmm. That whole idea of, ah, is until you can handle it. May God not give me that which is going to take me away from him. Oh Lord, if he's going to take me away, don't give me. Ma, you can handle it. You are an heir. God is not, who is hearing what I'm saying this morning? God is not measuring you in growth phases or growth stages. You are an heir, an heir is an heir. So at two, if you come and say, Daddy, give me my inheritance. Even if you can't speak where he'll give you. 
So you know what maturity is? Maturity, right? Listen, is being conscious that you are mature. Do you understand what I'm saying? Maturity is being conscious that you are a son. You are grown. You are a son. You are not a slave. You are not a servant. So listen, under the law, slavery. Under grace, sons. I get what I'm saying? So if you are under the law, you need tutors and governors to be telling you this is wrong, this is right. But when you came under grace, that's what this text is telling you. Now you are fully ready to receive all that is yours in Christ Jesus as a son. So let me tell you what we consider growing up to be, maturity to be. What we define maturity. Say this with me. Maturity is sonship. sonship. Don't say I didn't teach you. Say it again. Say maturity is sonship. sonship. I am fully mature mature. the day I became a son. The day I became God's son, I became mature. So what is the definition of maturity? When you are under grace, you are mature. When you are under the law, you are a child. Hey, it's not text that we just read. Say this with me in the name of Jesus. I am of quick understanding. I see. I hear. I understand. Glory, hallelujah. So you are mature. Say I am mature. Because I am in Christ. I am under grace. I am not under the law. I don't need tutors and governors. I am in Christ. Do you understand this? So what we call maturity, what we consider to be maturity is simply increase in consciousness of what you have. That's what we consider to be maturity. We say, I want to grow. I want to grow. I want to grow. Those people you are aspiring to be like, the difference between you and them is increase in consciousness. Increase in consciousness that I heal the sick. I bet you this, that year, that you're healing the sick. Freely, and I say it, the power of God is upon it. I say this, that year, easily, you are healing the sick. At one word. You know, you don't don't, um, recognize heirs by shouting. You understand? They don't need to shout. They don't need to exert authority. All they need to do is speak. I get what I'm saying. So what you call maturity. Now, is it necessary for you to grow in consciousness? Yes, now. You understand? It goes without saying. But, but is your growing in consciousness the proof of maturity? No! It's sonship that is proof of maturity. Is there <laughs> to redeem them that were under the law. Alright? That we might what? Receive the adoption as son. So maturity is received. Those people who have been sweating to be mature. You know, there, there's a posture of maturity. You talk like this. No, maturity is received. It's an invitation into sonship. Who is hearing what I'm saying? Then, now that you are a son, you're now conscious of all that you... That's what you describe as maturity. But God is simply saying, be conscious of all that you already have the day you became mature. Am I preaching over your head? you understand it? Do you understand it? So you are conscious of all that you have the day you became mature. Let me give you a, an example. Can we, can we try this? Two examples. So a guy is in coma. That's immaturity. He's unaware. Coma. The coma. Unaware. The day he comes aware, 
That's maturity. I'm a son. I'm alive. Then he can now take steps based on consciousness. He can now speak because he knows he's alive. Who's hearing what I'm saying? He can now talk, ask for food because he knows he's alive. I get what I'm saying? But asking for food could not have made him alive. Because in common state, you can't ask for food. Does it make sense? In coma state, you can't walk around. But being alive, all right, is what makes you mature. Then asking for food is proof that you're alive. Walking around is proof that you're alive. In the same vein, you are mature in Christ, and then you do things that mature people do. Say amen. amen. Glory, hallelujah. Glory Say this with me. I'm an heir. I'm, an heir. I'm a joint heir with Christ. I'm a joint heir with Christ. Say it again. I'm an heir. I'm a joint heir with Christ. So do you have the proper understanding of spiritual maturity now? It's sonship. It's not progressive. And so all that you are, because of the finished work of Jesus, is an heir. I'm an heir. That's who I am. I don't grow into it. I I was born mature. (laughs) Just imagine you give birth to a child now. And that child just is a man. That's how God sees you. In the new birth, you came out a son, full man. Let me tell you, in the Jewish culture, you are not allowed to call somebody a full man until he's 30. They do the bar mishtvah, right? Sorry? No, it's, it's full manhood. Bar mishtvah, that's the culture that ushers you into manhood. Go and do your research. It's, it's what? It's 13. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll check that. But now you are ushered in. So you are a full man. God sees you as a full man in Christ already. That doesn't need to grow up. You only need to be conscious up. Conscious. Let me give you an example. Another example. This is the second one, then we'll go into other things. So, I'm just using this as an example. Do you understand? I've had to drive, in recent times, vehicles that the gear is on the side. My gear is on the hand. It like, is this way. Hmm? When I enter the vehicle, Subconsciously, the first thing I do is this. And I say, oh, I'm not in my... I'm telling you, it has happened like three, four, five, six times. Oh, okay, the gear is here. I get what I'm saying? Because subconsciously, I'm looking for the gear up there because that's where it is in my vehicle. So maturity is that you become conscious that the gear is not here. The gear is here. In other words, the day you become conscious, you are acting out your maturity, even though you've been mature all the time. So consciousness is the new maturity. Listen, you can be mature and not be conscious. You act like a child. You talk like a child. Now, 
Look at me, everybody. Let's also start to change the definition of child, childishness. Because a lot of people think that the only thing in the world that is wrong is alcohol, sexuality, and all of that. If you read scripture, unbelief is number one. Unbelief, doubt, fear. The Bible says in, in the book of Revelation, I'm not going to go into it, and honestly, I've just started my message. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, right, that those who will find their part in the lake of fire are the unbelieving, the fearful. Before you start pointing hands at the harlots, when last were you fearful? If not for what Jesus did, you will find your part <laughs> in the lake that burns with fire. Calm down. Tell your neighbor, calm down. Say, we owe it all to Jesus. Shout it out loud. Say, I owe it all to Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. Say, I am a son. I am a son. Now, I'm going to just give you this. I'm going to stop here. I'm going to use five minutes to give you this. Hmm? Let's agree. Let's agree. Look over me. Let's agree. Are you an heir? Yes, sir. Okay. So let me use five minutes, if I can, to give you this, because this is actually where my message starts. Truthfully. I swear. <laughs> I was doing intro. I tried to just introduce you. So this is actually where my message starts. Because what we now want to see is the implications, what it means, what are the implications of being an heir. You see, because I have to give you something you can use. I get what I'm saying? So three implications, write this down. Three implications. So, oh boy, I'm so excited. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Lucky, please come. I want to just give, all right, an analogy. Amen. Amen. So, let's call Lucky Father Abraham. Amen. Everybody say Father Abraham. So, this Abba, this Daddy. Now, we have just shown you that you are an heir. Say, I'm an heir. Say I'm a son. I'm a son. Say I'm mature. I am mature. Because, I am because I am conscious. So listen, maturity is that you are conscious. Stop denying your identity. That's immaturity. Agree. I heal the sick. Agree. I have supernatural wisdom. They call you in the office say, no, it's not my type. It's now time to step forward. It's my type. I bring out supernatural wisdom. Now, he's daddy. And now he has, he has sons. All of us, we are his sons. This is daddy. So now, there are three things that I want to introduce to you that are very important in understanding being an heir. You get what I'm saying? Um, you can sit down. Sit down in front, close to her, in case I need daddy to come back again. The first one is called the blessing of the firstborn. Please write it down. The blessing of the firstborn. Under the new covenant, <laughs> we don't have the curses of the firstborn. 
You know, a lot of people go to firstborn deliverance. Oh my God. Ah, people have people have suffered. Firstborn liberation. What you have in the covenant is the blessing of the firstborn. Now let me explain what the blessing of okay, let me call them. Let me call them. The second one is the blessing of kingship. Then the third one is the blessing of priesthood. First is the blessing of the firstborn. The second is the blessing of kingship. And the third is the blessing of priesthood. Now, the blessing of the firstborn, write it down, please, very important. We're starting with the first. Yeah, in class today, amen. The blessing of the firstborn is also known as the spirit of excellence that puts value on people and that sets a person apart. The blessing of the firstborn is a spirit of excellence that puts value on people and sets the person apart. Now you see, in the old covenant, we had the blessing of the firstborn separate. We had the blessing of kingship separate. We have the blessing of priesthood separate. So somebody like Isaac. Now let me tell you, the interesting thing is that even those who are not firstborns, still when, okay, let me give you an example. When Jacob supplanted his brother and took the blessing, did you notice that even Esau did not take a curse? He just did not take the blessing that God. So where did we get this idea that the firstborn is under a curse? Go for firstborn deliverance. The devil is a liar. Jesus is a Messiah. Glory, hallelujah. So you've written that the blessing of the firstborn, the blessing of kingship, the blessing of priesthood. Now under the law, they were separate. Who can tell me what the blessing of who can tell me what the blessing of the firstborn will represent? I'll show you in scripture now. But who can tell me what the blessing of kingship? Who was he resting on? Judah. All the kings came from the tribe of Judah. Who was the blessing of priesthood resting on? Ah, uh, you now be now be Bible students now. We'll just close it. <laughs> I get what I'm saying? So the blessing of priesthood was on Levi. The blessing of kingship was on Judah. The blessing of the firstborn was on Isaac. It was first on Abraham. Then it flowed to Isaac. Then it flowed to Jacob. All of those were three different blessings. Guess what, brothers and sisters? In Christ, you have all three in one. This is what it means to be an heir. You have the blessing of the firstborn. You have now what, what is the blessing of the firstborn? If I have 11 children, I will distribute my inheritance into 12 because the firstborn gets two, then others take one. In Christ, I'll show you. In Christ, we are first. He, first, he was, he was the first begotten, but now he has men. Do you know all of you now are God's firstborn children? 
God doesn't have younger sons. Hey, in Christ, you are first fruits, firstborn. No matter the day you came into Christ, there's no seniority in the gospel, in, in Christ. All of us are sons of God. The seniority comes for administration and order and authority. But when it comes, there's no firstborn son, secondborn son, thirdborn son. God only has firstborns. And all of us are firstborns in Christ. Now listen to this. That means you, you, you have more than a double, double portion. Because a double portion to the, hey, the power of God is here. You have more than a double portion because you're not looking for a double. Everything are double, double. You have the fullness. The fullness of God. Hey. Now that God has only one firstborn. All of us are firstborn. Each of us have the fullness of God. The fullness of God. The fullness of God. The fullness of God. Not the double portion of God, but his fullness. Of his fullness have we received. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, Is somebody getting blessed by what I'm saying? The blessing, sit down, my, my brother. The blessing of, of king, let, let me just explain it so that. Genesis 26, and they, they, I'll just, I'll do, are you being blessed? Yes, sir. Say, of his fullness, of his fullness. I, have I have received grace for grace. grace, grace. Glory, hallelujah. Genesis 26. Genesis 26, 12 to 14. Let's read together, everybody. Want to go? Then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Listen, next verse. And the man, let's read together, everybody. And the man what waxed great. And went forward and grew until he became very great. Next verse. For he had the possession of what flocks and possession of herds and great store of servants. And the Philistines, I wish you could underline it. The Philistines did what? Envied him. So now, do you know, I told you that all the fullness of it has come to us in Christ. But you know, we can look to the old covenant and see the implications of each one. So, the blessing of the firstborn is the spirit of excellence that rests on people, that sets value on you and sets you apart in places. Now, you see, Isaac was one of those people. Guess what? Do you know what it means for a whole nation to envy one man? Think about it. Look, Chidi. America is envying you. America. Hey, Jesus. It's a spirit of excellence that comes upon a man and sets value on you. Glory, hallelujah. In Christ, we have the fullness of it. But look at it one by one. A whole nation is envying. Let me tell you, none of you will live beneath your heritage. Amen. Not one. See, People are, are getting ready to say you are proud. They don't even know that you are just getting started with launching out inside heritage matter. By the time we are done with this heritage, uh, envy will be the least things people will try to do to us. 
In fact, hey, the power of God is upon what I'm saying. I know it. In fact, you will cease to be bothered by people because you are just scratching the surface. Now, if people want to kill yourself, they are just seeing me in my AM. If you see me in afternoon, who will happen? You will take a tap here. I'm not even started. That a man will be envied by a whole nation. The Philistines. One nation envying one man. What it means is that under the blessing of the firstborn, God had given somebody such excellent spirits that now he's operating as a single entity, but everybody is seeing him as a nation. I will not live beneath my inheritance. No. This is Isaac. He didn't have the blood covenant. He didn't have the fullness of the Godhead dwelling in him bodily. And you, your goal is to have two cars. The devil is a liar. His mother is a thief. All of them are bastards. I am in Christ. Yeah, they just have two cars. They'll be able to take our children to nice schools. White sand, white dove, white, white beauty. There is a liar. Nations are envying me. Lakabarapataliaka. Nations are envying me. I leave out my heritage. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are, you are angry that people are talking about you now. Are you, are you sure you are, you, are, you are serious like this? You are angry that you are the topic of conversation. You are not serious. No, you are not. I'm telling you, you're not serious. You, you know, Satan can keep you busy not doing the bad things. Though. And Satan knows he can never get you to a club. He knows. He knows. Thank you. Eh? Eh? He knows. But he can keep you busy arguing on irrelevant things that you will not see that inheritance is passing. Say in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Nations are envying me. I have the spirit of excellence. excellence. That causes nations to envy me. Just imagine. Just imagine Chidi on the headline of the New York Stock Exchange. Brand from Nigeria takes over the world. Run by the CEO. Am I prophesying somebody? Run by a young, impressive, dynamic man called Chidi, and he has taken over the world. Then suddenly, the calls from your village won't matter anymore. People can throw the stones. You are behind me. I'm walking in the light of my inheritance. Then suddenly, you are not you are not interested in bickering in conversations. That are, eh? is it nation talk? Is it nation building? Is it nations as inheritance? Are nations envying me on this matter? Please, it does, it's not important. This is not important. I'm just the prime minister of Uzbekistan. He's calling me now for a meeting. And you want to tell me that somebody did not tie scarf to come to church? Do you understand what I'm saying? They are calling me into conversations with prime ministers. Here you are sitting in chair at Inkem's event place, and the chair is gold. 
and you think it will not happen nations are calling you somebody needs to open the curtain of what Jesus accomplished for you so that you see the Philistines envied him glory to God what kind of progress do you know what it means for somebody to be a nation you know the GDP of the Philistines you know their per capita this thing you are accountant per capita per person per capita human development their military their army, their everything, their governance, their systems. You understand? Everything. Governor, president is passing. Everything. They use all of that to envy one man. Hey, how can God raise people? How can God raise men to the point that established systems start to look at you and say, ah, ah, there's something about this lady. There's something about this guy. That's what God is saying to you today. Say it with me. I'm an heir of God. I'm an heir of God. That's the implication of being an heir. You know, Isaac entered this blessing was released upon him by, J- by Abraham. Simple. And when Abraham was releasing the blessing, he didn't give him anything. No car, no house, no chariot, no horse. You, you see that words are being spoken to you. You don't take it serious. After all, I just talking. Every time I thank God for the wife I married, every time I lay hands and to bless her, she kneels down straight. And let me tell you, every time my dad wants to bless us, phone. Go on our knees. Every time any minister of the gospel that I, do you understand? That I pay, eh? Me, stand okay. My mother did not give birth to a fool. I understand the power of words. Now, don't tell me I, I need that in my heart. What, what will happen if what will happen if this your two knee touch the ground in real life? <laughs> because we don't joke with words. By words, we are launched into our future and our destiny. How do you know you have a heritage here? What came? What came? I throw the weight of it. Let me tell you, the, the vehemence now that I'm using to call all my contacts for the meetings I have with them ah, is with, with boldness. I get what I'm saying? With boldness. The meeting with OBJ is happening soon. With boldness. And when I go, I'm not going to beg. A prince has come. Do you understand what I'm saying? I've got the spirit of excellence. I was telling our, our, our editor, I say, don't talk to me about money. Show me this thing and do it excellently. If it doesn't impress me, how will you impress the president? How? I am the president. You understand what I'm saying? So you stop bothering yourself that people are envying you. At the level where they will envy you, you have not even seen. Nations will envy you. I see bothered one one oh Lord, please have mercy on me. <laughs> Next door. Hmm? It's talking about you. Say I, I don't you are spending time. It's now 3 a.m. You've not slept. What's happening? They are talking about you. Kai, he gives his beloved good sleep. <laughs> Get ready. That's what I'm telling you. I'm just telling you. You think envy doesn't come with mud slings? You think it doesn't come with name calling? 
Oh, oh. You're too nice. Everybody's going to talk nice about you. See, the day you check out, you didn't fulfill purpose. I'm telling you. Nice things about you. You didn't step on any toes. You were nice. Go and sell ice cream. Nice, Abby. Sell ice cream. Even ice cream seller. <laughs> they can still fight with him sometimes. They are envying you this year. Nations are envying you this year. Say, I have the spirit of excellence. The blessing of the firstborn. Everything I do, I do well. Look at me, everybody. The power of God is upon me. The power of God is upon me. Now that you are cross-checking your product to be sure it is good, it's not so that the customer can be happy. Because I have the spirit of excellence. This product has to pass my excellent spirit test first. I get something? Let me tell you what's been happening to many people. And it's not happening to you in Jesus' name. The world has been demanding excellence from people that they are not willing to give to themselves. (laughs) Can I close? I'm about to close. Can I close? Amen? I just want to close. I'll continue like this on Wednesday like this. I'm telling you. But I want to just close. You go to Brazil. You book an Airbnb. Listen, you will almost not be able to demand the excellence that you have not seen with your eyes. Because everything to you is normal. Let the Spirit of God take you on journeys into excellence. It's your heritage. You are already it. But you need to be conscious about it. So that when you go to places, you can recognize excellence in yourself. And then you can recognize excellence in other people. And then you can recognize excellence in systems. And you can recognize excellence in nations. And you can recognize excellence in continents. Because the excellent spirit of God is upon you. Now when you wear a clean shirt, it's not because so that a chick can be, can be impressed. If you put on a nice color, I'm just talking about the natural part. Oh. Yes. You know you put on a nice color. It's not so that a chick can be, I'm expressing excellence. Yes. I was born like this. Yes. I was made like this. This is who I am. Glory, hallelujah. Say, I'm an heir of God. Heir of God. Nations are envying me. Nations are envying me. Are you sure you're ready Glory. for that? Are you sure you're ready for that? Are you sure you're ready for that? You know, as the envy is coming, some of the... (laughs) Are you sure you're ready? Nations are envying me. Say it again with your mouth. Say it again. Say it again. Nations. Nations. Nations are envying me. I say, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Do you understand? They are envying the hand of God upon my life. The success that God has given to me. Means that you will not answer everybody Ah, so that you can focus on your assignment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see, what's wrong with Tosa? She's always wearing that red, 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 red bracelet. You know, red neck, neck piece. And then she'll just come out, walking elegantly, as though she's the best thing with held, held, her head held high, as though she's the best thing since sliced bread. And you answer them. You tell them... <laughs> You've not even started. Ah, 
If he's paying you, he pay you some more. And it's not because I set out to pepper them. No, it is because I have come into the consciousness that I'm an heir of God. I'm an heir of God. I'm an heir of God. Ah, I say I'm an heir of God. You know, you know, in hierarchy, Isaac. All of them. They say of all the men, of the, the least of them is greater. You know that scripture? So as it was flowing like that, all of them and their destiny is small compared to yours in Christ. Put together. So at the least, nations should envy you. That's the least. Do you understand? The least, at least one nation will envy Dossie. <laughs> She can now decide whether it's Ghana or Uzbekistan. <laughs> one at least one, one at least one nation. One nation for you. One nation. Glory, hallelujah. One nation. Glory to God. Say these nations are envying me. Say it one more time. Nations are envying me. I'm closing, I'll finish. So, we'll try to touch on the blessing of, 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 kingship, of, of kingship. Ah, that one will bless you. Yeah. Say, I'm a king. I'm a king. Let me first show you in scripture how the, the three came together. Put First Peter 2, two and verse 9. Abi? Ina? Put on, put on, put on. Oh, yeah. Let's read together, everybody. But what? You are what? A chosen generation. You are a what? Royal priesthood. Put together. You are kingly and you are priestly. Say I'm an heir. Say I'm inheritance minded. Let me tell you what will happen this year for you. In the name of Jesus. And I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to myself. As you show up. People will say I've been looking for you. Amen. 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 I've been looking for you. Amen. I've been looking for people like you. I didn't know you were who I was looking for. Amen. But I've been looking for people like you. Amen. It's time for us to partner. Amen. 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 I sense in my heart. Amen. That some of you will receive the earthly treasures. Out of the hands of kings and potentates, you receive it at no price. Amen. Amen. You receive it at no price. Amen. Say amen. Amen. Somebody was plating Madame's hair. Plating Madame's hair. Madame now said, He said, What are you even doing, Seth? He said, ah, Madame, I'm just plating hair. Uh -uh. Can you take like five oil wells? Ah. Yeah, madam, if you give me, I'll take. <laughs> that's, that's, we know how to do. Eh, now, from plating madam's hair. <laughs> Some of you are entering those corridors this year. <laughs> now, what we'll be discussing is not attaché and pepe. <laughs> It will be, it will be, ah, see, there's a territory that I want you to handle. Please enter and handle that territory. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
Glory, hallelujah. Say this with me. I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Christ. Same broken. Now God born me. You understand? Children of God. The least of our destiny. Let me tell you, you know, if we're counting heritage, can we start to count Abraham, Isaac, Jacob? As we're counting, you know that they, eh, from lineage, natural lineage, you came from the same heritage. So your older brother, nations were envying him. And then scripture now says, you in Christ, the least, eh, as per the least in the kingdom, is greater than all of them. So, you know what the least means? The person who doesn't know the nepios, nepios of the nepios, the least conscious is greater than all of them. In fact, another time they said, they long to see our day. They observed, saying, what day shall it be when Christ will die? And, and the glory, the life of glory that should follow. All of them seeking to see your day. Now you have come. You think his house rent will be discussing? <laughs> you think his weather will change jobs? Is how she can be partner. You partner. So you did not make partner. You were born partner. Yeah. I get what I'm saying. Global relevance, influenced by the spirit. That's the least that should happen to us. And in the name of Jesus, that's what we take in Christ Jesus. Amen. Brothers and sisters, God is developing you with thick skin. I guess what I'm saying? Yeah, thick skin. <laughs> Water of the dog's back. How many of you will be able to sleep if your name shows up on 13 newspapers at once? Um, let's use Lucky. Young man from where you come from? Isuko, I thought you are from Imo State, isn't it? River State. Why do I think you are from Imo State? Young man from River State has. You, eh, wait. I'm closing. Up. Should I close? Wait, wait, wait. Do you know that you can be fought for trying to do something good? Oh, in Nigeria, you can be fought. People have been fought, like fought. They were trying to repair the road. Hey, Jesus. That's <laughs> it's so awkward. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, what we were trying to do is the road, though. I read the story of a young man who was trying to build a hospital in the community. The elders of that community came and said, If you don't see us, you're not doing anything here. So you think your name can only trend for evil. Your name can trend because you are trying to do something good. And if God has not cooked you in the school of I don't care, my inheritance is my focus. You say, no, but that's not what I meant. No, but that's not what I meant. Next thing is that you cry. In fact, okay, if that's what you people want. Eh? You resign from greatness because somebody called you names. The devil is a liar. Rise to your feet, I'm an heir. I'm a joint heir. Nations envy me. Glory, hallelujah. I have the blessing of the firstborn. The spirit of excellence is at work in me. Set apart everywhere that I go. Want to be envied. 
glory hallelujah set apart everywhere that i go i want to hear you pray in the spirit and begin to speak words right now thank you for engaging with us in this episode the trust that your life has been beautified if you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life through this ministry, please write to us at hellobatblueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprint Church and on Instagram at The Blueprint Church. Share.